This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following content is not suitable for children. George, we have so many questions from listeners, and thank you for emailing us and telling us your questions. It, it does help direct our episodes, and so we've got a bunch of things we're going to talk about today. Bring it on. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. We got a bunch of things. Can you have orgasms with masturbation only? What about the hookup culture? What about painful sex and what do you do if your partner has herpes yeah. or if you have herpes? So we, we're going to talk about all kinds of interesting things. Well, and I really do want to highlight this is how we get better at what we do. I mean, I know when I teach and people ask questions and I, I'm not ready for those questions. It's how I, I, I kind of have to stretch myself. So we get these questions from our listeners. It's really a gift to us. So thank you for that. Keep them coming. It really helps us think like when we don't have the answers to something, you know, you're onto something, right, Laurie? Exactly. But we'll do our best. Yeah. Okay. So this person says that when I was younger, I was able to orgasm through intercourse, but as I've aged... The only way I seem to be able to orgasm is through masturbation alone. My partner is willing to do whatever. Oral sex doesn't work. Vibration is too much. Direct manual stimulation on my clitoris. Same problem. Ouch. Am I doomed to experience orgasm by myself for the rest of my life? Help. Ooh. Ooh ouch. Ouch. It's never a good thing when you're trying to have sex, right? Oh, ouch is not fun. That well, is- there might be some people who enjoy the ouch, but that's another episode. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Go with it, Lori. Come on. Okay. So what are we, how are we going to help this person? You know, I think one of the things psychologically is as our bodies age, things change. And flexibility, we definitely need it in sex in order to ensure a good sexual experience for the rest of our lives because our bodies are getting different. She's indicating that something has changed. First of all, what I think is... It's possible that her tissue is different, right? In menopause, women get Mm -hmm. drier. Their tissue gets thinner, so they get more sensitive. So I would first ask her, have you tried estrogen, estrogen cream? You know, and talk to your doctor about this, obviously, uh, because it's a prescription. But that will make your tissue hardier. So Mm -hmm. I I would just, you know, I want to just pick that off right there and just say, go back to the doc and tell them about this. But second of all, what do you think they could try, George? Well, I'd want to know if, do they, can she masturbate with her husband? 
Mm-hmm. Right? Is it the saying, can she have an orgasm that way? Or is it something about being alone and the control and the no pressure? So I'd get more curious about mm-hmm. when the orgasm works. I think actually what she meant, and I, I might have written this down wrong, but I think what she meant is she can have an orgasm with him, but only through her own touch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, gosh, what about being on top and touching yourself and you're kind of together at the same time and... Maybe he gets turned on watching you touch yourself and it feels right because it's gentle enough. Make sure you use a lubricant. Uberlube. Uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. That'll, that'll be good. I have had several people, girlfriends, tell me they're using it and it's the greatest. So, again, nice. got to pitch our sponsor. Well, it sounds like she's missing that orgasm during intercourse. Yes. Right? And she's yes. open but frustrated that nothing is really working. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. do you think, Lori? I think that the change doesn't necessarily mean that it can't happen. It might mm-hmm. not be able to happen as often. It might not be able to happen the same way. But what about getting really, really excited and kind of prolonging intercourse for a while and then, then having intercourse when you're really, really excited and seeing if that doesn't push you over the edge or intercourse in a way that you can touch yourself is really what I think because then it's, you know, he's inside you and you're climaxing and that's good for both of you maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hear it. I hear she, she used to have it that way. I would imagine with a lot of arousal, some of the time she can still do it that way. Right. And for me, it's just trying to figure out what is working about masturbating herself. Is it she's just that sensitive, to, that expert at her own touch, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, a lot of men and her husband's probably clueless and clumsy and like, you know, he wants to, but he doesn't know how. Is mm-hmm. she? Is it worth investing the time to kind of help him and show him what happens? Or? Yes. Yes. Of course. Mm-hmm. It is. It's <laughs> a lot of people. It's just easy to do yourself, and uh, like you know. But you know, I, but, I right. I mean, you know, and and maybe he was good at it before, and it doesn't. It, he isn't good now. I mean, maybe he isn't clumsy, but it's changed, and so he needs new instruction. You know, it's like what about? I mean, a lot of times mm-hmm. the clitoris does get really sensitive as you age. It, it really is kind of a tissue change issue. So. What about pressure and stimulation on her labia, which is yep. kind of next to the clitoris and doing that a lot more? You know, I mean, I think she does need to show him and teach him again. Like, this is this is how I do me, you know, so he can see. And maybe he can put his fingers on her fingers so that he understands the pressure and the touch. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said that. Like, this is how I do me. That's an invitation to get to know her better. Yeah. I think so many couples just fall into a rut in the same routine all the time. And it's like, yeah, that's becomes a turn off, right? It's mm-hmm. she trusts this one way and then you lose confidence in other ways. So then you stop exploring. And then before you know it, it's the same old, same old. And, you know, so for her to actually have that conversation with him mm-hmm. to say, and I just don't know, but I'm, are you open to it? Let's figure it out. I, mm-hmm. I think that gives them a chance Mm-hmm. To have something different. I think, too, you know, couples often have favorite ways to have intercourse, and they kind of rely on that. Um, and maybe there are ways that you haven't tried that would be better. So maybe exploring intercourse again, different ways, sitting in a chair together or, 
you know, on the carpet instead of the bed, because that actually changes kind of your angles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I have another couple who they're in the same position, the same way. They're having intercourse, and she's using a vibrator while they're having intercourse, and they have a simultaneous orgasm with each other once a week, missionary style. Been doing it for 20 years, and it works perfect for them. They Damn. don't need to spice Damn. it up. They're like, you know, this, <laughs> there's not a lot of foreplay. There's not a lot of this. Like, and for them, it works. So, you know, everybody's making up the rules for themselves as they mm-hmm. go. There's no right or wrong here. Mm-hmm. The good news is she's still orgasmic, and... She can do it. I mean, maybe it's, maybe they spice it up and connect, like intercourse felt so connecting, but maybe they spice it up and connect in a different way, more dirty talk or or discussing or, you know, I love you kind of talk or whatever. They're looking at each other. Try the eyes open orgasm. Mm -hmm. Like Schnarch says, you should try to have an eyes open orgasm. I did not know that was even possible until I read his book. I'm like, eyes open. Don't your eyes just shut, you know? Anyway. I mean, there there might be ways that she can experience what she experienced physically in some smaller portion emotionally. She might be able to experience that union. Yeah. And we're intentionally going in a lot of different directions because the more space we have, the more options and freedom we start to find. Right. And I'm thinking of a, another couple I work with where their man had prostate cancer mm. and lost an ability to have an orgasm yeah and that seems dreadful Mm -hmm. and yet this guy found like he loves having sex with his wife even though he can't have an orgasm he's found the freedom in that Mm -hmm. and a way of letting go of the pressure of just the orgasm being everything Mm -hmm. that is really inspiring to think about you still can enjoy sex not having an orgasm Mm -hmm. take some of the pressure off that orgasm yeah, and you need to do a little consult with me because I can tell him how to have an orgasm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, he can't have an ejaculation because that's that pathway is gone. Mm-hmm. But he can have a dry orgasm. So it's different. It feels different. Um, What's the difference? I don't even... Well, women have dry orgasms most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's it's contractions that feel wonderful and... You know, it's still a really intense sensation. But, I mean, I can imagine it's... There's grief and dismay if you know you had something come out of your penis when you're having an orgasm. That that seems pretty wonderful, <laughs> but it's like so not to have that would be difficult. But he can still have orgasm. Okay, it's separate. Even men who don't have erections can have orgasms. It's all separate functioning. Could I have a dry orgasm? No. Okay. Because you haven't. You are connected. Your prostate is connected. Okay. So, so that. Yeah. Yep. So there's hope if you can't have an orgasm. There's hope if you can have a dry orgasm. Yep, there's you can if... have a dry orgasm. Right. But, I mean, at least it, there's more sensation, right? Okay, that was, that was fun. Let's see. Can we keep going here? We got one minute. We got so many questions, George. That's what she said. <laughs> what is going on here, Lori? <laughs> Okay, let me just read the question, and then we'll come back and answer it after break. Okay. Lori said she doesn't understand hookup culture. It showed. Mm. You see, casual sex for any gender isn't just for validation from being desired or the ego boost from scoring a high-value hot partner, climax, or a temporary reprieve from one's loneliness. It's an adventure. It's a reprieve from the everyday. It's a chance to be someone you aren't everywhere else and to discover yourself. 
And then she talks about casual sex can be a mini vacation from your life. What's missing from your assessment of the change from the beginning of a relationship to the middle is that women get bored faster than men. When I say I want romance, they frequently mean I want to be in a situation that's safe, but a little unpredictable and therefore exciting. I want you to use your imagination to make sexual contact be an adventure like it was when we were getting close for the first time. Without understanding the need for variety and adventure, it's impossible to understand what happens in long-term heterosexual relationships or lesbian relationships. By the way, George, we have a lot of queer people who follow us now, so we got to you know, make sure that we say hello and that we're glad you're with us. Absolutely. Okay, let's what come a back. Great, what a great question. Thank you for that. That's great question. There's so yeah. many parts to it. I'm sure we'll take all, all day awesome. to answer it. Thank you. Okay, May 20th is our couple's retreat. So great sex, great love. You can find it on our website on foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And we just invite you as a couple to come and join us on May 20th. It's Friday. It's all day. We talk all about sex. We talk about everything. And we do it in a way that's safe and not embarrassing. But if you come, you will have conversations you've never had before. Yes. So May 20th, again, great sex, great love. Please join us. Come on. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress on an issue that you've been stuck in. Maybe it's a sexual issue or a relationship issue. People will fly in maybe on a Friday and we'll do three hours usually, get them acclimated, kind of set a direction. And then on Saturday, we usually do four or five hours and Sunday morning, four or five hours as well. Compared to weekly therapy, I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. How do people know if an intensive will help them? I do an initial hour interview to make sure that the candidate is suited for that kind of deep, long work. And also to make sure that I'm the right person. And for the record, if you don't choose to come in and see me, then you don't have to pay for that hour. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. Lori, I really love that feedback, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when our listeners push back and disagree and kind of challenge Mm -hmm. us to see things a little bit differently. And I think a lot of the times, you know, we just give what we're seeing in that moment, our perspective, and there, there are multiple perspectives and it's really healthy to hear that. So, you know, thank you for writing that in. And I, I think you, I think she's right. I think for some people, it's more than just an insecurity or, you know, that it can be an adventure, mm-hmm. right? It can be a part of almost like an erotic movie, right? You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. part of something. You're trying to find parts of yourself out through this encounter that there, there can be something really alive in that, mm-hmm. that, that she's really trying to put words to. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think what she's describing is probably more of a sexual pursuer, Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who does really value adventure and variety and kind of this desire to explore themselves and, and goes for that. I, I think what I was describing in the last one that we talked about, the hookup culture, when we were describing hookup culture, I was curious why women do it 
when they don't normally have orgasms mm-hmm. and and then the the man might not call the next day and if you know if, if her motive is i really 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 am doing this because it feels so great to be desired and then he's she's not desired the next day and she didn't have an orgasm but that mm-hmm. that was my case i think this is another type of person entering a hookup and i think she does have something that she's also saying about monogamous relationships in terms of what women want. I, I probably, I don't know. I, I don't see that women are getting bored. I see that women like routine better. And the reason they like routine is they just don't feel as confident about their body's ability to reach orgasm or to have pleasure. Like, I don't know, you know, they get kind of stuck in a rut. This is the way I do it. This is the way I get there. And so they, this is what I hear. And I, I could be totally wrong, but many of them seem to gravitate toward more of a set pattern, whereas men who, you know, can usually orgasm easily in many different ways, they like variety and they feel confident about their body's ability to respond. Yeah, again, it's, I appreciate the perspective that Mm -hmm. if it's a sexual female withdrawer who's not enjoying an orgasm Mm -hmm. and it's doing it for more of these emotional reasons, Mm-hmm. that that might not actually work out so well for them. To gain approval, perhaps. Right. Yeah. But but this more sexual pursuer who's writing in saying, like, I'm seeking this for my own freedom and my own differentiation. Like, there's something liberating about mm-hmm. that that could make the process. It sounds like she's going to have multiple orgasms as she's hooking up, right? So yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a different experience. Yeah, I mean... I'm not doubtful that this woman's having orgasms when she's hooking up. I mean, just the way she talks about it, the way she writes, you can feel her agency mm-hmm. about the experience, her sense of, you know, I, I can represent myself. I mean, even the way she articulates it, that perhaps what she's heard from her married friends, you know, I want to be in a situation that's safe but a little unpredictable. Right. You know, that's exciting. It's like she's coining something that I do think that piece right there is is somewhat true. You know, that's why women who are in a rut, maybe it's like, I really want to be seduced. I want that energy coming for me, you know, because that feels somewhat unpredictable, but it's with their partner. So they're still safe. I mean, Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? I always fall back to the attachment styles, right? If, if you're doing it from a secure place, then the encounter probably is going to deepen your understanding yourself and it's, it's healthy and it's great. Mm-hmm. But if it's more motivated, I know a lot of men who are promiscuous are coming from more of an avoidance attachment style where they don't want to get close. It's more just a physical release and mm-hmm. there's a lot of distance in the sexual encounter. And sure, it might be fun, but it also that the more that that happens, the harder it is for them to take risks emotionally and to open up their hearts and to, to be more in a kind of committed relationship. So, mm-hmm. you know, what is it feeding? Is, uh, are these hookups making you more secure? So when you find the right person, you can open up or is it making you more defended? So I guess I would look to the results of the actions, almost like pornography. Are you watching it and it's making you more engaged with your partner? Or is it causing you to become more distant and cut off from your partner? Mm-hmm. What's, sure. what's the results of the hookups? Mm-hmm. I like that. That's an interesting measuring tool. Does it, does it give you what you want? I mean, mm-hmm. I, what I'm hearing from her right here is what she wants is not security. It's hot sex. 
and she's not necessarily going into it looking for that. And she's also describing herself at this point. I, I've actually corresponded with her. Thank you. You were very interesting. I, I really appreciated many of your emails. You know, but really interesting person. And also somebody who kind of lived outside the American culture, which is somewhat repressive of women sexually. You know, that women need to be more subservient and submissive. I, I think that's American culture that puts that on women. And she was living outside of that culture. So she felt more freedom to describe to her partners what she wanted and to, to kind of go for it sexually. I'm glad to hear stories of that, of freedom mm -hmm. and people becoming more sexually healthy and comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And I think we also have to cover there are a lot of people who are having hookups and it's not actually helping them. It's actually kind of making them feel worse about themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And we want to kind of give also that give them some space to just, you know, measure the results afterwards, mm -hmm. how your body feels. If you feel high and you feel great and you feel empowered, it probably worked for you. Mm -hmm. If you feel depressed and bad about yourself and, and empty, and empty, empty is a, yeah, that's a great signal from the body. Mm-hmm. Do I feel full, more alive, more vitality, or do I feel empty and kind of numb? And yeah, I, I knew this guy, who, and this is male now, but he got divorced and he kind of went through a series of women. And a lot of it was hookup, you know, mm -hmm. and he said it was consensual, it was mutual. One of the things he did observe was that the women felt upset afterwards. Like he's like, wait, you know, we all... We all knew what this was, you know, why are you upset with me the next day or the next week? She's calling him like, you use me, you know, all this stuff. Right. And he's like, I really don't get that. But over time, it, it wasn't all that he was longing for. He began to long for a more emotional connection, too, with somebody, mm -hmm. not just the sex. And the sex kind of started to feel a little empty for him. So, I mean, I don't know. I think... I think it's very human to want fulfillment in terms of being with somebody that we're connected to and having a lot of hot sex. I think both are important. Yeah, and but, to think about men that are doing it too, we we can kind of pathologize a judge that just wanting to get laid and hook up and that's all they kind of want. But could there be something healthy in that, that you're in a phase of your life where you don't want a, a serious commitment and you're being honest and upfront and, and why is that not enough? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so, yeah, this is, this question really challenges a lot of kind of what we're, we're, we're thinking about what makes for, uh, for great sex. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are seasons of life that it seems like, you know, people make choices to hook up. And I get that. I get that motive. I think the thing that stands out for me, again, in this person, this woman's letter is her own knowledge of herself sexually. She knew right. what she wanted. Apparently, at this point, she was getting what she wanted. And that's just different than many of the stories I get from the women who are hooking up. So, yeah. yeah. And she's bringing in that bored feeling right that if that is something that you could name that's probably your body saying you need to mix it up you got to introduce a little bit more unpredictable novelty something that allows you to get a little bit of that excitement which is just what you need some people need less of it some people need more of it i, I like that she's getting clearer about herself 
Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay. We have one more question and this person says, I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend for five and a half years. We moved in together and everything was great except the bedroom. It's dead. It's been completely dead for a year. The issue is that I came into the relationship with genital herpes. I told him right away and he said it was no big deal and it wasn't until we started getting really serious. I'm on meds. I've only had three outbreaks. But now he's so scared of catching it that we don't engage in any kinds of sexual acts and we even use condoms. But it's basically he's pulling away. He's becoming sexually withdrawn. And she says, you know, I've spent hours scrubbing the internet, the blogs, trying to figure out dead bedroom-centric help sites. I love that. You know, trying to figure out, is there any help? People say it's, you know, you're more than your diagnosis. It's not that big a deal. But she's like, that's, that's not true for me. You know, it's basically killing our relationship. And is there any way I can deal with my anger over him pulling away and help him navigate his anxiety. Oof. Painful. Good thing I'm working with a sex therapist who's going to have some some ideas <laughs> here with herpes. <laughs> yeah. I think that what she's asking is, can you live with herpes? And what he's, his actions are saying, it, I can't. Mm-hmm. And that's so painful because it's so rejecting. And maybe for him, it's so scary. You know, I don't, I don't want to go through that. But I, I mean, I, I do think it's both sides are understandable, right? Both sides have issues with it. What's missing is a conversation that is genuine between the two of them. You know, his actions keep saying one thing, even though yeah. his words are saying, I'm living with you. I want to go forward with you. And she's like, you don't want to go forward with me sexually. And mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's important too. Once you introduce disgust into the mix, you know, that's a real block, a real turnoff, mm. right? So if he's, if there's disgust, if it really like, I don't, that, that stops the process. So how, mm. how can he name that and they deal with it as a couple? Are there things that they can do that re- reduce that? Because yeah. if they don't, it's going to continue to be dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Wow, that's so powerful when you said that. I, I'd never framed it that way, but you're right. It's like he's disgusted, he's rejecting, and, and, and also maybe fearful. You know, what would the fear be? I would catch herpes. I, I don't want this disease. You know, if I lost you in some way or another, then I would have to go out and tell somebody else that I had herpes, you know, who might feel just like I feel. Mm-hmm. I would be rejected forever. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, am I going to bet all my chips here? And it's feeling really risky to him. I mean, they need to have a deep conversation. Can we get them to EFT therapists who can do this? I don't think this is a sexual problem. This is, I mean, she's doing everything she can. She's only had three outbreaks. It's probably, you know, herpes one, so. Right, and she was up front, and she's trying to be communicative, and she's trying to do whatever she can to build safety and trust. And, you know, it doesn't seem like, for good reasons, we need to explore that. What's stopping him from saying everything's okay, but it's really not okay. And he's not given her anything to work with. So they really need to have a conversation about this. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
most of us don't grow up in families seeing these conversations. So we mm-hmm. try to protect. We don't want, he probably don't want to hurt her feelings. They don't want to make her feel bad. So he just keeps avoiding mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. the more he avoids it, the more alone she feels. And you can see that cycle starting to, the distance starting to take over the relationship. So mm-hmm. we agree with what she's saying. And she's trying to read the internet and do all these different things. But she needs to turn towards him and say, hey, we have to have a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to have an honest conversation. You're saying one thing, but you're doing another thing. And I I think more than anything in the world, I see women listen to words and ignore actions. You know, like when the guy says, I'll call you, and he doesn't, and she's still waiting. He said he'd call me, he said he'd call me. I'm like, it's been a week, probably not, or it's been two weeks, you know, and he hasn't called. What does that tell you? He's not calling, you know, and she's just like, but he said he would. And I'm like, I know, I know. And then maybe he does, right? Randomly at week three, he does. And it's like she just can only hear the words that she wants to hear versus this, you know, seeing and observing the behavior that is telling her something. Like, right. you know, if, if people do what they want to do, if it's compelling, they make it happen. And we can do a show on the lack of follow through, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's something going on that causes people to not have their actions aligned with their words, mm-hmm. right? And to be able to kind of, there's a function to that that will, you know, I hope this, her partner can explore with her. Good yeah. luck. Yeah, good luck. We wish you all well. Thank you for reaching out to us. I do try to get back to everybody. I know I miss some of you. And my email goes wonky sometimes, but thanks for listening to us. Keep it hot, all. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. Lori, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I listen to the new modules repeatedly. It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny and they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the foreplay question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by Foreplay Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.